0: and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day.
1: Welcome back, best hour of their day. Another guest, Kayla Tote, CrossFit for the people, welcome.
2: Thank you, happy to be here.
1: Yeah, we go back, I don't know what, five, seven years-ish?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been with the hot yoga spot for six years. So at least, you know, around that six years.
1: So you are a yoga, would you consider yourself a yoga teacher or a CrossFit coach first? Ooh,
2: (laughs) I've been a yoga teacher for longer, but my main hat right now is CrossFit coach and yoga is on the side. So I would say CrossFit coach.
1: How many yoga classes do you coach a week?
2: Right now, I think five, three, four, five, actually seven or eight.
1: <laughs> and then how many CrossFit classes do you coach a week? <laughs>
2: um, probably two, four, six, eight, ten, probably twelve to fifteen.
1: All right. Plus you own plus you own a CrossFit affiliate. You don't own a yoga studio.
2: Yes, yes. So but- and things have shifted coming back from quarantine. The schedule has shifted in the last couple of months and weeks, so
1: Well, for those that don't know, you are a yoga teacher at the High Yoga Spa, which we've had the owner Jess Fuller on, longtime friend of mine, a few months back when when the quarantine was still going on. And obviously, you're also in New York, and you guys got hit pretty hard. But now everything is officially back open, correct? Yes. Yes.
2: In terms of fitness and gyms and things like that, we are open, fully operating,
1: Are you allowed to operate at capacity right now?
2: No, we are not. But, you know, the capacity, the true capacity of a CrossFit gym, the gym is not the capacity that we have in classes, so.
1: Yeah, I think that's obviously something to consider. You know, you have enough space that your capacity is probably 100. Right. But you don't need, you rarely would have 100 people in your class. I think Kayla frozen for a second let's give her a moment there we are so we're back we we froze for a second I think it's super windy here right now in Colorado I don't know what's blowing around but you know you're back open jess was dealing with the fact that things were shut down for a long period of time let me ask you this from an outside perspective um it looked like it was kind of a free-for-all some gyms were doing things and some gyms weren't. How did you guys handle that? Not what did you do, but but how do you handle? okay, we're following the rules and there's some other boxes that are kind of, uh, you know, just doing whatever they want. Cause yeah, we get, we get that question still from people all over the country because there's different rules and and you know it is a it's a dilemma.
2: Yeah. Um, it's really frustrating. And there are definitely I tend not to take to social media when I'm frustrated, I like to keep my personal thoughts to myself and try to be as professional as possible when it comes to social media. But there were definitely times when I took to social media and kind of said to people in the local community like our decisions inside of our communities affects more than just our own communities and if you don't think that what you're doing is affecting my business or has the potentials to affect my business in a negative way then you're wrong and if it does affect my business in a negative way i'm gonna to come to your door and and say what's up um It's frustrating, but I would continue to pull back and just kind of say to myself and my members when we would find ourselves getting frustrated, like, listen, we can only do what we can do and we can only control what's within our space. And we just need to do what we believe is right and stand by what we think is right and do it the best that we can and just continue to put one foot in front of the other, because at the end of the day, we thought 2020 was going to be very different, and we just had to roll with it. And that's that's really all you can do.
1: Yeah, and you know, like we said, a lot of boxes, whether they were in New York or, or anywhere in the country, we we have boxes that we work with in Hawaii currently going through the same thing. And they're like, "Well, what should we do?" And you know, a you have to do what feels right, and b yeah. you know, like you just said, focus on what you can control. But yeah, some of these boxes need to realize you're impacting the whole culture and community bigger than just the people that come into your affiliate. So yeah. as a box owner, give me the biggest lesson you took from 2020.
2: Oh, the biggest lesson I took from 2020. Oh, okay. The, the thing that I continue to tell myself and what really got me through those months of being shut down is just being grateful for the day. And I continue to tell myself that now. And when people ask me, you know, are you worried about things, you know, what if things get worse? And I just look at people and I'm like, listen, we're here right now. We are operating. We are together. We are able to do what we love to do together right now. And you just have to be grateful for the people that support you. And you have to be grateful for what you can do with what you have, whether it's your health or your business or your finances, because, Tomorrow is probably going to look completely different and we don't have control over that. So I think in terms of like lessons, mostly in mental sanity and and leading a community, just kind of reiterating like, guys, we just got to be grateful for what we have and that we're still a community and that we still have like hope for tomorrow
1: because some businesses didn't make it through. What do you think you guys did that allowed you to make it through when other, did any affiliates in your maybe 25 mile radius close yeah I
2: think a couple did um whether they kind of changed their business model or um you know sold to a different community or like every I think every community operated differently um, I think that I tried to be as vulnerable as possible with people like from the beginning i posted videos on a pretty regular basis. And sometimes I was crying and sometimes I wasn't, but I just always told everyone how grateful I was for their support. And it was really like a family effort. It wasn't just like a, Hey, we got bills to pay and we got to keep the lights on. It was checking in on each other. It was weekly equipment swaps. It was face to face like zoom time with coaches, not just for like movement stuff, but mostly for, How's your mental health? We did like Zoom meetings talking about mental health and the impact on everything. And I think that it really just bonded all of us together. And now that we're back in the gym, I think we feel even closer and even stronger as a community.
1: What, what are some things that you did well during, but also prior? You know, I think a lot of people realize they were running their gym, you know, paycheck to paycheck, if you will. So what are some things that allowed you to stay open th- throughout this time? Other than keeping that community engaged, which probably kept them, you know, paying. But, but what I mean, I'm sure you lost some people. So what are some things you did? Well, you're smiling. What What are you thinking of?
2: Are we talking finances? Are we talking like... Well,
1: yeah, I think it's important a little of everything, you know, and and ultimately we're going to talk about, you know, you you reached out to me recently because of our, recent series on intensity and getting your members back, but I am interested in, you know, I think any box that was able to stay open during this time, especially the ones that, that did things the right way, must have been doing things properly, correctly, and, and, and wisely going into it. You know, so the, yeah. for those boxes, listening for coaches, for box owners, as a box that survived when others didn't, what advice would you give?
2: Well, um... I got some great advice when we opened. So, we just turned two years old. We're still, still a baby. Um, but when we were opening, this uh, guy, Jason Ackerman, and my friend Jessica Fuller, they <laughs> had some great advice when we were opening in regards to like start small. You can always grow, you don't want to have too much of things. Um, you know, equipment collecting dust doesn't do anything for people like you want to create that that sense of community and all of that stuff. Um, So I think from the beginning of our business, basically a year and a half before COVID started, um, we didn't go create like we always had a little nest egg and I didn't take personally, I've always had other things that I did that paid my bills. So I have gym things when I when I need it or when the gym needs it but I don't personally rely on the gym for much of like my own stuff so we had a a chunk of money that we ended up needing in the COVID time because of some other crazy things that happened but a lot of gyms don't have that a lot of gyms just operate paycheck to paycheck and hope that they can get one more member to keep the lights on and you know I've had some some really great business advice in terms of keeping money in the bank and not having all of your eggs in one basket. And um, the other thing that we have done since the beginning, so this was our second year only, we do a um, like a founder's membership yearly rate. And a lot of, we do a really good rate for a year. And a lot of people do that. And I take that money and I leave it in the bank for you know, the year and when the next year comes up, if we've got extra in the bank, I'll buy some equipment for the gym. Um, But that I think really saved us. And we have such a great community of people that, you know, their memberships came up for renewal during COVID. And they were like, do you want me to pay early? I'll buy another year, six months early. If you need money, we'll support. And that kind of stuff is just, I mean, luckily we didn't necessarily need to do that, but that kind of support from the community is something that I think a lot of gyms don't have.
1: Tell me tell me about this annual membership because one, it's important for box owners to hear this isn't like, okay, I go on a trip or I buy a new car every year. Like, you know, you have to remember you, you're taking in enough money that it's supposed to last you a year. So I think that's yeah. important. But But tell me if you don't mind your specifics. For the for other box owners to hear. In other words, what's your monthly rate? And then what's your what rate do you charge for that annual?
2: Yeah. So our monthly rate is $159 a month, which kind of falls in the middle of like ab- like the average of what our rates are in the area. Yeah, and for our the record,
1: Kayla's in upstate New York, Albany, capital region.
2: Yeah. People hear New York um, and they our, think
1: Manhattan. So you're not, yeah, you no, know. No, no. <laughs>
2: That would be a great rate for Manhattan. Exactly. Um, So we do $159 for a month unlimited. And then our, like, if someone were to come in today and want to buy a year, it would be $1,700, which is still cheaper than paying $159 a month. Um, So a slight discount if people want to pay for the year. And then our... Yeah, so it's about $18. Right,
1: yeah. Um, That's actually more um, than I would have thought. Typically when... My, my typical advice is you 10 times. So that's, I think that's great that you're getting that, you know, it's usually like, well, you pay 159, 1590 for the year, you know, 10 months, two months free. Right. But that's that's great, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll bring to our founders.
2: And then we have, so, so we have so many members. When we first opened in our first four months, I think we had 160 members. Um, so we have a lot that's, of that's incredible. Existing, we have a lot of our existing founders members. So if you were a founding member, you if you were with us from the beginning, we extend the very first founders member rate, which I think was fifteen hundred or fifteen hundred or thirteen hundred. I can't remember right now. Fifteen hundred or thirteen hundred dollars for the whole year. So if you've been with us from the beginning. You can get that founder's rate. So, a lot of people do it. Um, yeah, and it's every year in September. And the way that I look at it, we usually have between 35, 50 people that do it. And in my mind, that's the rent for the year, and that stays in the bank.
1: So, uh, well, you know, there's something I like about it and something I don't like about it. I think when one of the most common things, that we talk about with affiliate universities, rates need to go up. And it's always those founders. And, yeah. you know, I went through it in 2007. It was $80. It was cash check. And that was yeah. it. I had a little notebook. And, you know, I remember in like 2011, I had to say, hey, I can't allow you to do that. Yeah. So, you know, I think boxes need to shy away from that. But one thing I like about it is you are getting that year up front and it's not a crazy discount. For so many boxes, it's like half the price that a new member is paying. And when you look around the room, you're like, I'm at capacity, but I'm not truly at my financial capacity. Cause right. you know, it's like it would be like going to a restaurant and everybody's only order appetizers and no one's ordering the steak, and your restaurant's like, we can't make any money tonight. So you have yeah. to but I but I like that. I like the fact that it is a little, you know, I mean 30, 40 grand coming in once a year is great. And like you said. So long as you're smart with it, do you put that aside somewhere outside of your normal business account? Do you have a, do you have a separate account specifically for that money? No. So and just that
2: just takes no a little willpower. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty good at that though. Again, like my finance is a different bank. I don't operate like my personal stuff on that bank. So that's the gym. It's a business bank, business account, business, all that. So I'm pretty good with that willpower. And that second, that founder's rate, we actually did that this year. We extended that this year because of COVID as a way of saying, like, thank you for supporting us. And, you know, if you want to do the year again, obviously we don't know what's going to happen. So here's another awesome rate. But next year, come September, we likely won't do that low of a rate again. We'll increase like the yearly special um, to something a little bit higher, but not quite, you know, it'll be a deal if you do it at that one time, but not our initial
1: founders. rate. Yeah. And I think, a, I think a lot of things are out the window this year when it comes to COVID, you know, come to, you know, Yeah. for, for a lot of us, like you're saying, it's like, Hey, we're just grateful we're here. Grateful that you're still coming, but I think that's great. And I think so long as you're giving them some sort of discount and you're saying, Hey, we still appreciate the fact that you, you bought into for the people when there was no for the people, you know, and, and it's yeah. nice that they still feel recognized. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about this. COVID, you know, obviously it's still out there, but the gyms are allowed to open again. And you were telling me that for a lot of people coming back, this idea of intensity was not just dangerous, perhaps, but overwhelming and stressful. So let, let, let's touch on it from that stress perspective, because before we hit record, you were saying some great things. What are some things that box owners, coaches, and even the members that go in forget about stress? And you, before yoga and CrossFit, had a real job, right? Yes. What was that real I, job?
2: I, um, well, I worked for a bank for many years, and then I worked uh, for a digital marketing company. So okay. I did that.
1: I thought you were, I thought you were in more of the, the health space, like the oh. mental health space. Okay. No. Okay. So because it was great what you were saying, but it, go ahead. As, as, a, as a box owner, what are some of the things you picked up on and and what are the some, some of the things that you tell to your members?
2: So when we came back, so throughout COVID, when we were continuing to do programming, or I should say throughout quarantine, when we weren't able to be in the gym, and we were still doing programming, we were doing equipment swaps. I tried to be really clear with people, like just kind of giving people permission to not put themselves through a wall the same way that people wanted to do or felt like they were able to do and recover pre-COVID. Um And just kind of telling people like, hey, life is really stressful right now. You don't need to do, you know, 135 pound clusters and 255 pound deadlifts and like doing those things, not to say that you can't do them, not to say that you can't do them, but people just weren't understanding that stress on your body. So this is what we were talking about is that stress. Your body doesn't differentiate stress when it comes to like a response, a neurological response, your, your CNS, um, your central nervous system and stress, whether it's physical stress from doing Fran or stress from doing a five by five deadlift or stress from breaking up with your significant other or stress from your job or stress from four weeks without sleep or stress from a global pandemic, your body doesn't differentiate between those things. So life pre-quarantine, pre-COVID was all of the normal stressors, which people already had a hard time coping with and you know, coming into the gym and knowing how to get adequate rest and nutrition, all of those things. So just trying to tell people like, hey, take how hard it was to come into the gym and get a good workout in and recover from that before, and then stack a hundred pounds of stress on top of that. And like pull back on the expectations, pull back on the expectations when it comes to like what you should be able to do. And let's just make the goal moving, breaking a sweat, getting your heart rate up, recovering from that and then being able to do it again the next day. And
1: I'll see you tomorrow. So, when, when you say that to some of these people, and, and yeah, you know, I have my master's in psychology. Um, and one of the very few things I remember from it is you know, there's you stress and de stress, you know, and, and but they're all stress, you know, and there's positive stress, like I'm fasting for the day, and that might be a positive stress. However, when you have the stress of many other things, that positive stress is no longer positive. It just compounds on those negatives. And like you're saying, where the gym typically may have been, no, this is where I relieve stress. It might've been one, you know, remember, you remember Kevin Houston? I don't, I never uh, knew him. I know he who a, he
2: is, but yeah,
1: I, <laughs> he was a coach at the box and he always used to use the analogy. If he's listening, something I still take, you have this jar and it's like, you put in the big rocks and then you put in the pebbles and then, you put in the sand, and it's like, but sometimes, you know, that sand is what sends it over the edge. And it's the yeah. same here, right? So, what was the reaction from those members? Was there positive? Was there negative? Was it like, fine, I'll just do whatever my coach says?
2: Um, I think that one thing that kind of kept us going through quarantine that I don't know if other communities necessarily saw was because we were doing weekly equipment swaps, we had Zoom classes, which some people like really looked forward to. Some people were like, I am relying on this like noon class. This is what I look forward to. This is like keeping me sane. And there was a small group of people that did that. Most people faded from that very very quickly, but it was the weekly or bi-weekly equipment swaps that people would come in and I'd have the opportunity to just be face-to-face from 12 feet apart with someone and just be like, what's going on and they would just cry and they'd be like this barbell is just like giving me life right now like I don't even put weights on it I just like do thrusters in my living room and I don't even care that I like don't know what it looks like or don't know how fast I'm moving it's just like having this piece of equipment in my house is like giving me life and I'm like go with it don't put it anyway like if you want to send me videos if you want to do like live zoom facetimes and I can give you like some feedback, then great. But if it's giving you some sort of like peace, then awesome. So I think that there was a, there were a group of people that needed the structure of like zoom classes, there were a group of people that just like wanted a piece of the gym in their home to like, know that it was there for them. And then there were people who, who still haven't been back to the gym, you know, and they, we have a small group of people that they message me, or I message them. We check in with each other, and they're like, "I'm trying to come back. I just can't bring myself to do it because they're stressed about having to wear a mask. They don't know what CrossFit's going to feel like with a mask on their face. Um, they're scared of COVID. They just there's just a lot of fears. And those people haven't been back, but I know that they're trying and that they'll be back.
1: So, did you find that those you know everybody pivoted to Zoom classes? Did you find that like after a week or two, a month, people were just like, I'm over this? Yeah. Oh, for sure.
2: And it became more of like, I'm like messaging people being like, hey, I'll see you on Zoom at noon. And it was just to see a face. And it was just to be like, you know, count him down, go over the workout with them. Sometimes I would sometimes they'd be like do it with me sometimes they'd be like just go over the workout and then I'm going to go outside and do it by myself but it was just for the accountability of being like I'm working out at noon today and I'm going to see your face and you're going to tell me what to do um so I do think it faded and zoom zoom fatigue is a real thing so <laughs> okay. oh,
1: yeah i mean there's some places going back into lockdown and they're asking me to coach and i'm like uh i'll do it but now that i've been back to the normal coaching it's like the last yeah. thing i want to do is watch people on a you know on the screen and
2: yeah and yeah. you can't it it's the whole element of coaching of like you can't give immediate feedback you can't actually coach you're just counting people down going over the workout and you can't actually coach and if you a lot of crossfit coaches do just that they go over the whiteboard and do a countdown and then just walk around but if you actually enjoy coaching which I like to think that I do and that our coaches do. And when I would talk to our coaches, that was like, what we would always say is like, this sucks. We can't actually coach.
1: Yeah. But, you know, we recently had somebody on that pivoted 100% online, doesn't own a box. That's all he's doing. And he's having great success. But, you know, I, I do, and I did miss the actual, I mean, to this day, it's the only time I'm out of the house is at the box. and you know, you're like a lunatic because you're just like seeing all your friends and working out. And then, you know, it's like your hour of rec time per day. So yeah, I think Zoom fatigue is a real thing. I mean, especially, you know, we're running our podcast, we have our calls. It's like, okay, your eyes start to, none of us signed up to be a box owner or coach to be on the computer.
2: Right. Yeah. But you know, if it's what we have to do to, to just keep moving the needle forward and to keep some people, if it keeps in my mind, if it keeps 10 people sane like, I'll do it. My mindset was like, I'm home. I can't go anywhere. So if you want me to be on the other end of the screen for 20, 30 minutes to get you through a workout, I'll do that because I'm not at the gym doing all the things that I would normally be doing.
1: What percentage of your members would you say are back? We, I think we maybe lost five members, maybe. I think that's including the ones that are not comfortable coming back yet?
2: Maybe an additional five to 10.
1: I, so could, I mean, less than 8% of your members. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really great. So, So now that you've had these conversations and your members are coming back more, what are some other things you've had to do at the box that, you might not have done in 2020 to accommodate for this?
2: Um, So one thing that we did, you know, because so much of our membership had the year unlimited, um, we told people, um, you know, I had many conversations with a lot of people and we, my mindset throughout COVID was, I wanna try to keep things as status quo as possible and I want to provide as much value as I can. Like if you can continue to pay a membership and you feel as if you're getting value, I wanna provide as much value as I can. And so, and I told people like, if you can't afford it, if you don't get, if you do not feel like you're getting value, please cancel. I won't be offended. Most people stayed and behind that was also a promise on my end to bring more value once we reopened. So once we reopened, we added some gymnastics classes. so when we reopened, we were doing all of our classes outside to start. So no one was doing gymnastics from the rig. We were doing V ups and toe touches and all like all sorts of core stuff. Um, but we weren't on the rig. So when we got back inside, we started with strict gymnastics, um, low volume stuff, and then we added gymnastics classes so that people could start to work on some of those kipping exercises like leading with technique and making sure that people knew, remembered how to do it. And then we also started adding barbell classes, which we didn't have before. So we started with one barbell class. Then we added another barbell class. And our barbell classes, now we have three, and they have become our most popular classes. And what I'm finding is that people are feeling a greater sense of ease, just working technique of a barbell. Um, And they, the people that are afraid of intensity with a mask on, like legitimately afraid of it, they will gravitate more towards like some of the strength training. So I feel like we've been able to accommodate many different types of people by having those, different types of classes
1: added. So for the record, you're required to wear a mask even during the workouts? Yes. How is that? You know, I think everything is- Which I I, I just had a
2: workout.
1: Yeah, I just had a workout only breathing through my nose when I was texting you earlier. So, I mean, not that it's the same thing as wearing a mask, but um, it would- I've never done it. What would you say? Easier, harder? You should try it. <laughs> you should try it.
2: It's, and from a yoga perspective, this was, I was more nervous about teaching hot yoga with a mask on because of the heat. I was like, I'm going to suffocate in this mask. You're hot teaching yoga.
1: yoga is the same thing? Yeah. At, at yeah. Full, blast, full blast, like at 105? Yeah. And, and people are wearing I barely made it through Bikram you know, wearing a pair of spandex and no mask, people wearing a mask? Yeah, it's
2: really not bad. It's, so this is what I tell people, like, and especially in CrossFit, a mask is feedback on if you're over-breathing. And most people over-breathe in their workouts, right? So that's what nasal breathing teaches you. Belly breathing teaches you, well, there is something to be said for, like, intentionally over-breathing, but that's, like, a whole other breathing technique and um your mask is just feedback so what i have seen and that's actually been really cool when we first came back inside we did 20 point what was last year's open workout with the dumbbell thrusters the toast bar and the double unders 20 point was it one i don't remember which one 20.2 i
1: don't Do you remember, remember that 20 one. minute yeah, i remember that? the yeah i remember the workout i think that was two
2: yeah it was awful without a mask on but It was a great workout coming back inside with gymnastics because it was always like small volume gymnastics. Um, So we did that and people, some people PR'd, some people beat their times last year because they paced so much better than they did without a mask on it.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. And the
2: the people that freaked out were the people that came out hot, like I'm going to beat my time from last year. The people that beat their times were the people that didn't necessarily have expectations. They paced and they crushed their times from last year.
1: That's cool. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, what nasal breathing throughout the workout teaches you, like staying calm, controlling Mm -hmm. your heart rate, because so many people, whether they're coming out hot or just freaking out during a workout, you know, start to You know, it's like that, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. It's like you're breathing. Just calm calm the F down. Yeah,
2: and don't get to that point. Like, and that's what I would say to people is like, don't, your breaths, I tell people a lot, like I lead, I start a workout with breath support is the focus here. Like you need to maintain breath support and you'll get through the workout and you'll be fine. And people are starting to see that. And even last week we had a workout and it was a work, it was, um, the open workout with the rower and wall balls, 19 cals on the rower, 19 wall balls, 20 minute. Oh, yeah, that
1: was 15 terrible. Yeah.
2: And people beat their times from the open. And they were like, oh my God, that actually, they were like, I remember doing this in the open and being totally destroyed. And I beat my time today with a mask on. They were like, what the hell? And I was like, you actually paced. Like you focused on your breathing and you paced appropriately. And that's what happens when, you know, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, that's what elite level athletes do. They know their capacity. They know how to keep breath support to get them through the work to be done. And then that's why they crush everybody else because they're never bent over with their hands on their knees two minutes into a 10 minute workout, unable to breathe.
1: Yeah. You know, hopefully during this time, we're going to take some lessons back to, you know, hopefully sometime in 2021 in New York, you won't have to wear a mask when you're working out and you'll take some of these lessons. Are, are you having conversations about stress, about all of these things daily at the whiteboard? And is it something that you have to then teach to your coaching staff so they know to do it?
2: Yeah. I mean, we have, I think, I love, I'll say I love my coaching staff, we've, we've been in a lot of communication throughout COVID and they've all been so supportive and just so on board with anything and everything like that's part of our mission. Um, but that is the conversation that we have and we share things with each other all the time in the sense of like, I had this conversation with so-and-so, and and this is uh, something that I'm seeing a lot of, um, and that is something that I talk about at the whiteboard a lot. I mean, I, I've always kind of said to people like, hey, if this is how you're feeling today, if you didn't sleep last night, you didn't poop this morning, and like that's what you need to like really send it on a workout, then like maybe you do this.
1: And not during, you know, you're not recommending they poop during the workout for reference.
2: <laughs> I mean, sometimes. It happens.
1: It happens to the best of us.
2: It sure does. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I think I, I love, I love it. And it's, you know, not necessarily because of COVID, just because of how I like to coach and, you know, tell people like, Hey, this is your hour. This is your best hour. You know, make it what you want. Don't feel obligated just because I'm preaching this, this, and this for the, for the stimulus that you need to hit it. You need to do what makes you feel good today.
2: Yeah. And I tell people all the time too. It's funny. Like, people will be like, oh, well, toes to bar. Oh, well, and like their shoulders bothering them. And I'm like, listen, I wrote this shit up on Sunday. Like no one is saying that you have to do this. And if you would be happier doing, like if you're avoiding this because you just aren't good at it, then let's talk about a way that you can get better at it. Or let's talk about a way that we can scale it. Maybe you do X amount of these and then X amount of these. But if this hurts you or this doesn't make you happy, if you're gonna leave this workout and be, miserable that you even came today, then I don't care if you do something completely different. I just want you to be happy. And I want you to be able to get a good workout. And people have a hard time being like, Oh, I don't want to be the different one. Or I don't want to be and I'm like, none of this shit matters. Like the goal is to move to move well, to be able to come back tomorrow.
1: Do you do you feel like you got a lot of that from your yoga background, though? I think a lot of people struggle with that as coaches, they they think, okay, it's CrossFit and this is what I've programmed where, you know, it's it's getting dark in my room, isn't it? Like I'm slowly getting dark. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a light on and Rocky's on my lap, so I can't reach. <laughs> I need the clapper. Um, you know, but in yoga class, it's always, you know, this is your practice and then do what feels good and listen to your body. Is that something you kind of implemented immediately as a coach?
2: Um. I think, I mean, I think even back to the yoga teacher that I was a year and a half ago and I was more along the lines of like, no, I'm guiding you, I'm your teacher. Like, you might not want to do this, but like, just trust the process and do this. And, you know, sometimes the things that we need most are the things that we don't want to do. And I still think that to a certain extent, but, you know, as a coach, and I think even having those conversations with people of saying like, do you just not want to do this? Why are you asking me for a scaling option? Is it because this hurts you? Or is it because you're not good at it? Or is it because you did this yesterday? Like talking to people and taking that time as a coach to actually inquire, you know, why they're asking for something different instead of just being like, no, you have to do it or yeah, just do something else.
1: Yeah. I think that's, you know, I talk about it a lot. One of my biggest lessons, you you started coaching at your own box, is that correct? Yeah, day one. So you went to your L1 and then you just started coaching at your own place?
2: So I went to my L1, I did my L2 before we opened as well. I had done a couple other trainings and I actually went to my L1 without the intention of training.
1: So that was when you were just training at a local box? Yep. And as a, um, was it just because you have that teacher mentality of like, I, I teach yoga, it's just, you want to learn this stuff?
2: When I went to get my L1? Yes. Yeah, I had actually done another like weekend intensive training. Um, and I was like, wow, I really like this it was the power monkey intensive like over gotcha. the weekends and it was weightlifting and anaerobic capacity and gymnastics and i was like i really enjoy teaching people and i really like this and i was like i had i had been told some things about l1 um and i was like i don't care what people say it was from people that weren't even coaches that had just gone to get their l1 and i was like i'm going to go get it and see and um yeah, I did my L1 and Austin Maliola said something that really struck a chord with me and I was like what do you say? Mm. Um people were asking questions and this is something I say to my coaches too. Um, people were asking questions about like what if this and what if that and what if this is it, and Austin just like stopped everyone and he was like, Listen, he was like, just care, care about people, care about their well being and you'll never go wrong. Oh hi. Oh, and I was yeah. like I was like, if that is the message that CrossFit is, just caring about people, I was like, I can do that. And if and if caring about people is gonna make me the best coach, then I can be a great coach.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you know, something I've heard from Austin, something I heard from Coach Glassman back in the day, and something that I try to do and hey you have a great box name for that. For me? Yeah, for the people.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So, no, and I think, you know, we've, we, Fern and I talk about it all the time. You can mask really bad coaching by caring. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, and we get so wrapped up in what good coaching is, and your members have no idea. I, you know, I show up and, you know, I'm at a new box and there's like whispering, oh, this guy's this and that. It's like, no one cares. Right. You know, they want their coach that cares about them. Half the people, you know, are intimidated. You know, it's like, no, they just want, and, and that's what I you know I've bounced around a few times, and I always tell people like I get that I have this credential. None of that matters till you trust me, till you get to know me. And that's what you're saying. You gotta you gotta care about your athletes. So you, you took your level one, then you, and you took you even had finished your level two. And so how do you work on your improvement? You know, you're the box owner who gives you feedback.
2: So I. I mean, one of my big things is like, I like for coaches to take classes, I seek out feedback very often. Um, I, in terms of like my own training, I'm at least every like six months or so I'm always trying to be reading something going to a training going to a seminar going to something just to broaden my knowledge and my experience. One of the things that I feel has helped me is to surround myself with coaches that I respect and to take note of how they coach and what what they do well um, and try to implement those things in ways that make sense to myself and my community Um, but like I took the 415 class today I'm not the best with taking classes Um, I mean you know as a box owner it's not always the easiest and it's oftentimes easy to be like I got so much going on and I got, I just want to get home and, you know, I got stuff to do on the computer and whatever, but there's nothing, there's no substitute for, you know, putting in the work with your community and with your people. So I try, I respect my coaches. I respect their feedback and how they coach to me as an athlete. So I've been trying to take more classes and I also, um, like for them to take classes so that they can give me feedback. But again, I ask my members for feedback all the time. What What, what is this cue doing for you? What can I do better in warmups? What just everything I just feel like. And also, you know, every community is different and every class is different. I was talking to someone about this day. My noon people, completely different from my 515 people, completely different from my 630 a.m. people. And they all need something different, which is the benefit of having one coach During those times, you know, I coach most of the early morning classes, I know what all those people need, so they don't have a different coach every day of the week, that they have to explain their injury or whatever to. Um, But I also ask them and try to learn what each individual class needs and what each individual kind of like dynamic needs because
1: that changes from class time to class time too. It is funny how around the country at least. You know, your morning people are like, get in, I got shit to do, I gotta get to work. You know, I'm up early. Then your noon people are like, I'm in between, you know. Some of them, I think noon has like a mix because it's like I'm on my lunch hour and then some are like, I don't work. Yeah. Or then some are like, I go in for the late shift. And then as the evening, you know, progresses, you get, The people that want to get in and out, like four o'clock tend to be a little more lax. Like they have a job that gets out at like three and then six, it's like, I want to get home. I want to get to dinner. So, well, it's been enjoyable talking about all of this. So give me one last piece of advice that you would give going into 2021. You know, hopefully things improve. What's one thing you would say to the the CrossFit community as, as a whole at large?
2: I would say to listen to every episode of best hour of their day. De- no. <laughs> yeah.
1: We say that on every episode, give them something
2: <laughs> Um I think just one piece of advice in it terms be, of.
1: It can be numerous, but yes.
2: Make it quick in terms of CrossFit. I would say, you know, just, just, inquire as to where your community is at where you are at as a coach as an individual and coming together to recognize where you're at every single day because every single day is different and I love CrossFit I was saying today I had a moment at the whiteboard I was like yeah I love CrossFit so much. This is so awesome. Like, it's so fun that every day is different. It's so fun that we get to lift weights and be cardiovascularly fit and do gymnastics. Like, I don't want to do 20 seconds on 10 seconds off every freaking day. Like, it's so fun to do CrossFit and do things constantly varied. This is supposed to be fun. And Just continue to make things fun and just continue to like not take things too seriously and to take each day and each workout and each interaction with your community in a way that allows you to just kind of honor where you're at and... Life is short, man, and a global pandemic just rocked our worlds this year and nobody could have anticipated this. And if you thought that you were like on a fast track to the CrossFit games and this ruined your whole life, I hope that it put into perspective for you that like things can change with the drop of a hat and you can only do it with what you can do. And if you don't love it, then what's the point?
1: Great advice. You went around in a circle. But you got back to it, and <laughs> uh, if you don't love it, what's the point? We're very reminiscent of uh, Ben and Jerry's. If you uh, yeah. <laughs> it ain't fun, why you doing it? And speaking of Absolutely. Ben and Jerry's, might have some of that tonight. But yeah, I think you know, and it's important to I, something I say almost every class before I say three, two, one, go. Is I was like, this is just exercise, guys. You yeah, know, people are like, you could tell they're freaking out. They're like, What, what do I do? Just work out for whatever this is. Who cares? Yeah, just have fun. Just have fun. Katie, if you're listening, great title for this episode. Just have fun. Katie's our, Katie's our girl that does the episodes <laughs> for, the, for <laughs> well, the record. Who's Katie? She, she's not listening at this moment, but she may be listening before this goes live. So just have fun with Kayla toe at For The People. But Kayla, it's great to catch up. I'm really, you know, it's always, I I keep an eye on the capital region and it's great to see the boxes that are doing it well Uh, from an outside perspective. You guys seem to be doing it, you know, for the right people, for the right reasons and that's what it's all about. So thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And, um, you know, I look forward to, to hearing more about what goes on there. And I'm sure I'll hear about it from Jess and I'll keep an eye on you guys. Yes, awesome.
2: Thank you very much.
0: So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.